are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. I uh, hope you're all well. Hope you've had a great new year. Um, or start of the new year, I should say. Um, hope you're doing well on your New Year's resolutions. Uh, yeah, really, to get into this episode today, I'm sure you've seen by the title, this is with Jerky.com. Um, awesome little company. I say, well, little. Little being the trucks and the businesses and the buildings that you have. But the business, I'm sure, is not little and is definitely growing. Doug, pleasure to have you here and, and you know, spend some time with you and definitely hear the story about, you know, Jerky.com. Like, it's... Yeah, I appreciate awesome. uh, appreciate you reaching out. I mean, uh, this is interesting. This whole thing is mm-hmm. new to me, so yeah. appreciate you having me. Yeah, like I said, it's it's well since May this last year. It's new to me. Is um, that it? You've been doing this since May? Yeah, yeah, selling houses mostly, um, but doing the podcast since May. First one went out in, in May, um, which yeah was was really good success. So started big. So you just cut this out or tell me if I'm doing this no, wrong. You're good. I don't know if this is a conversation or yeah. a one-sided interview, but no, we're in a conversation. Uh, just uh, hanging out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start it with you. Uh, how's the podcast stuff going? So you're eight months into this thing. Yeah. Uh, tell it. Tell, tell me what you think about it so far. It's a lot of fun. Like if I made like an actual salary from it, I would do it every day. Yeah. Like it's that much fun. Oh, I'd love doing it. I just really enjoy doing it. Like I get to come in, you know, I get to sit down with you. Uh, probably outside of this, I would never have had a chance to sit down with you or the guests that I've interviewed for an hour, maybe longer, and learn about what's behind the business, right? Everyone sees the business and sees it on social media, sees what everyone wants it there to perceive of their business. But you don't know who that person is, right? So that's been the best part about it. Like it's, and Oklahoma is so small, everyone kind of knows everybody, right? So I've made the the point, and like, like I said, I'll ask you this question again later: Is someone, you know, who do you who do you know that I can interview, right? And that's led yeah, it just leads, yeah, it's led leads, to so leads. many more people. Yeah. You know, I've met so many great people from that people that I, and businesses I didn't even know about, right? So yeah, uh, yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, so what do you find? Do you find? Uh, who is the podcast listener for you? Your subscriber, like, are they? Uh, they're obviously savvier kind of people. I mean, mm-hmm. it, are, are are you reaching people that are? It's different than your social media demographic. And, and if this is getting too far in the weeds, just tell me oh, shut no, up. Oh no, no, you're good. But, you're I, you're I'm got just, plenty of time. I'm just so curious about like. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it could, Look, niche category kind mm-hmm. of stuff is, I mean, this is where I come from. Right. So it's really interesting to me, you know, this is Oklahoma as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems so very niche, right? And it's like, right. where, who is your subscriber? Uh, well, to go from the, where we started, right? To go from the Instagram page uh, where... That's I, where it started. It started on the Instagram page just as a page to share photos and I remember scrolling through Instagram and my wife's like you're always on your phone and I'm like well I'm trying to you know find business right yeah, yeah. as a real estate agent you know who doesn't want to pick up the phone or people don't like being called I try and send business get business through social media um, so I would always see this page and it was called uh, only in Oklahoma right um, people listening might be familiar with it it's kind of similar to what I do it's what I got the idea from and they would post one picture a day and and I, I clicked on their link and it would they're a, a huge media company and they have only in every single state, 
So they have like 52 Instagram pages, right, of all these different states. So they have so no buy-in in Oklahoma. No, zero, it's just, it's, exactly. They're trying to scale this. I yes, gotcha. it's somebody they're obviously making some money from it. It's somebody in some office that's been assigned to Oklahoma, that kind of thing, right? And I'm like, I could really do this. Uh, and I was posting more pictures than they did because I was real-time. You know, I actually did it really, really well, that kind of thing. And, and the following went crazy for first six months I had a thousand followers every month for the first six months and I'm thinking hang on there's something going on here there's something that really we can do and, and jump onto so I spoke to a couple of buddies of mine about maybe doing like a video interview series and and they said yeah that's great and put me on camera and I hated it like right in front of the camera and I'm like trying to say a script and it was awful I'm like okay podcast that's just a hangout we can chat we're social you know it's in it's in the comfort Less of your pressure, own yeah exactly yeah let's try that so i did that and loved it um and just it's just kind of like i said it's gone from there so the listener back to your question most of our listeners are oklahomans or people who want to travel to the state right they've never heard about it or you know stories of like uh for an example caleb at blue seven um i had an interviewed caleb and a lot of people don't know that he used to work for blue seven he started mm-hmm. off selling his own yeah. you know his leather yeah, yeah. there right and his whole story and like nobody knew, knows that story unless you know him personally right and like it's so cool to like to share that so a lot of us a lot of listeners are like I said oklahoma based oklahoma city based um Right now, I haven't really traveled that much. Plan to go and interview a lot of people in Tulsa and kind of just spend a few weekends up there. Um, got some connections with a few hotels that they want, you know, a few shout outs. We can interview them. They'll give me a night stay and, and I can go and interview, you know, just kind of knock five, six interviews out in a weekend, which would be great, right? Yeah. Because one of our first, like, reviews on our, um, on, on the iTunes review is love it it's great can you get out of the state more again can you get out in the state more oh, like, in the state oh, yeah because yeah. like we we posted five episodes at once and, and the furthest we've All been was up to Aishans was the furthest I'd been right which is a great podcast as well that was awesome to sit down with Ed and hear the whole story about I mean how Aishans has come from yeah. you know in yeah. such a small town and still crushes it to this yeah, day right yeah. so yeah that most of our listeners are definitely Oklahoma City based um, that's same so with the interesting like it's great that uh, you know kind of back what you said like, what was the first one like only in Oklahoma or whatever uh, what yeah that? it's o- only in Oklahoma I yeah. mean you know sometimes yeah, content is so important mm-hmm. right like I mean there are there's so much out there that you have to like filter through because I mean it doesn't matter if you're in e-commerce right. or you know you're a blog but there's these companies out there like that where it's just like they don't really give a shit no. about Oklahoma right they're they put up this thing they're trying to scale it and then they're mm-hmm. just stealing other content and putting it up but yeah. I mean you know it's really important to create you know unique valuable content right um, I, I, I don't well and that's like uh, to that so to that point like I would, when I started out, I wasn't asking people if I could post their pictures. I was just like reposting, reposting. I tag everybody in the picture, right? Yeah. But I wasn't asking. And I woke up one day and I had two emails off Instagram saying, you know, these you've been flagged, these photos have been taken down, and it gives you the person who's done it. So I reached out, uh, and none, one of them didn't reply. The other one, which was completely my fault, because I'd posted one of her pictures before, and she'd said, you know, don't do it again, and I did. And this was—I oh. mean, when you're posting ten pictures a day, yeah, I yeah, didn't remember it, this yeah. person was right. Yeah. So that's totally my fault. There's a fine line. Yeah. Uh, after that, I, I started asking people, you know, and a lot of once you get used to it, a lot of the people whose photos you've already shared, they don't They're even cool. worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a guy whose photo I shared a couple of days ago. He's a National Geographic photographer, and he travels through the state every now and then. 
uh, and if you search on Instagram, go into places and search Elk City, his photos come up in that because he's his name I think is Ladidsky something he's over a million followers. I'm just like kind of nervous about sharing his stuff right because he has a lot of pull on Instagram. If he complains, yeah, like, it could really ruin you, right? right? He liked the post and commented on it and said, "Really appreciate this. Thanks so much." I'm like, this guy's a million and followers. And you properly and shouted him yeah, out. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. He has time for that. I was like, well, okay, this is actually this is cool. So I don't mind sharing his photos now. Um, and they have like like I said, he's a National Geographic photographer. That's awesome. fantastic. Um, but obviously, like I wanted. Another reason to create the podcast was it goes deeper into the relationships, whereas, okay, a picture's great. An image going to get you so far. Yeah, exactly. So now we do the podcast, and then this year I've really started to post more videos, right? So like I said, we're recording the podcast on video. This will go Facebook and YouTube. Um, and then I've done smaller clips as well with kind of smaller, either smaller businesses or just people, you know, who I've, who I've met, friends. You know, tell us your story. It's a 15-minute video. With, like I said, it's a hangout conversation that you record and post, and... That's kind of how I'm going to go about building like the Facebook side of things, right? Because Instagram is very easy and very short video and kind of yeah. pictures mostly. But yeah, that's that's the plan for 2019 is to build the video content and really dive into um, not just the businesses and the business owners, but like everyday Oklahomans so that the following can also relate to it as well. Yeah. And, that person and I think that share, really right? comes through in your content that mm-hmm. you actually give a shit versus yeah. you know, only in Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, that's why that's so important to mm-hmm. create that valuable yeah, content. Yeah, definitely. So. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, if, I'm, if we could make a lot of ad revenue from it, or I of mean, the course, reason, yeah. again, from starting a podcast was there, there's a few podcasts in Oklahoma, but none that are really like super Oklahoma based um, because most people don't have time to travel around, right? I mean, luckily I'm in real estate, so I don't have to worry about being in an office nine to five. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been awesome, you know, to, to have the opportunity like we have now to, to sit and hang out for an hour yeah. on a Friday afternoon, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, definitely. It, it's been, I love it. Like I said, yeah. I, I could do it every day. If I uh, and that's important right. though, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, eventually this will probably turn to me and jerky, but you know, I, I think you know it's really important to do what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I that's one thing that I'm really fortunate. You know, I feel fortunate is that you know everything we do like is exciting to me so like yeah. my job isn't work to me you know like right wake up in the morning and want to do what you do. so that's i mean you're pretty much mm-hmm. living the dream when you get to you know do those yeah. sorts of things and you love doing it so when you, you we mentioned before we jumped on the podcast you moved down here from nebraska yeah what you know what brought you to oklahoma and then you know obviously jerky wasn't the main goal i'm assuming right what was what led you to all that kind of stuff gives a background of, of, of everything up until the, the jerky start the 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 background's a long background so like i've been doing <laughs> uh um what i call category specific e-commerce pretty much my whole adult life um since you know early 2000s mm-hmm. 2000 2001 um before e-commerce was even really named like it, People are calling it online retail, yeah. you know, uh, electronic retail. You know, there, there's all yeah. these. There's there no name for it yet. Um, so I did a bunch of stuff on my own through college. Uh, so I was just making money in the library mm-hmm. on the computers in between classes. Uh, and it kind of got to a point where I was making a fair amount of money. Yeah. Um literally just in between classes uh so then i kind of fell in love with selling things online and then out of that came you know this whole niche kind of e-commerce thing where Mm -hmm. you know there's people looking for very specific items uh, that you can't find in you know your 
hometown you know mm-hmm. you go to the you look for a pair of shoes a very specific pair of shoes you only got five or six options of stores yeah. in town and if you don't have them there where do you go and mm-hmm. and then you know buying online was considered sketchy to the masses right nobody yeah. wanted to put a com- uh, credit card through a computer yeah so Anyway, I found that like if you're looking for something very specific and you can't find it online, you have no other choice but online. Um, so I just started focusing in on that and just fell in love with the idea of selling these random niche items mm-hmm. to people all over the country. Um, so I did it for myself for a while, and yeah. like I said, I'm gonna try to give you the short story, but I <laughs> we got time. A lot. We got time. Uh, uh, so I did it for myself yeah. for a while, and then an opportunity came where there was a legit e-commerce company in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, that was doing what I was doing, um, but they had figured out, they had overcome some of the scale uh, problems that I was trying to solve. Gotcha. Um, I knew somebody who knew the owner, and one thing led to another, and I ended up getting hired on to this company. Uh, didn't need the money. I was making pretty good money for mm-hmm. doing, you know, for just being a college student. Yeah. Um, but I, I went there just to really, you know, learn e-commerce formally. You know, everything I'd done up to this point was uh, self-taught. So this company has, you know, 60 employees and they've got uh, 60 different websites. Um, and it's like, yeah, I need to figure out what they're doing. Right. So ended up working there and really, you know, absorbed the e-commerce model uh soup to nuts you know every single part of it mm-hmm. i got a little bit of experience in and finally i really understood how that business worked really well um part of my job there ended up procuring domain names so if we decided uh so this company we did uh hammocks.com dartboards.com barstools.com and my job was to help find the categories that we were going to go into into the next 12 months 24 months um, and then once we you know kind of uh, quantified those opportunities and then prioritized them my job was also to procure the domain names that we wanted yeah so if we were going to go into officedesks.com yeah office desk is a category i would try to find out who owns all the domain names and then contact them oh, and try sure. to buy them yeah um when was this what year was that this was by this time, it was 2007, 2008, yeah. So all that domain stuff was really kind of on the radar, but not like you were You know, you it's so interesting because... It's not like it is today. It's not like it is today, but that's... Yeah. I guess that's my point, is yeah. there's been multiple points... This happens in every, every business. Like, uh, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, domaining started in the mid-90s, and it's so easy for you and I to say... God, we're so stupid for not registering sex.com, right. you know, in 95, yeah. you know, okay. uh, that's the thing about technology and innovation, right? Hindsight, you can always say, oh, well, that was so obvious. Right. But at the time, a domain name was $100. The internet wasn't really a thing. You know, it was more, it was a niche, mm-hmm. you know, mostly nerds and basement, you know, kids yeah. or whatever. So nobody knew if it was going to go somewhere or not. Mm-hmm. So it was a significant risk. I mean... To put $100 into something that you never knew was going to, you know? Yeah. So it's easy for us to do that. So anyway, yeah. there were a handful of people who 
went all in on it, you know? I mean, and they took a huge risk. Uh, but these people went out and started registering computers.com, laptops.com, chairs.com, desks.com, you know, all yeah. the generics. Um, and there were a lot of lessons along the way. You know, there's a lot of famous stories of a guy registering walmart.com, you know, and then try to hold him <laughs> hostage for it for like, you know, $29 billion right. or whatever. Um, you know, because back then, also, it was the Wild West. Not there regulated. was no uh, litigation yeah. uh, 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 precedent. You know, so, I mean, nobody knew it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, guys like him ended up getting his ass sued. You know, he like, uh, in, I don't know if it was Walmart.com for sure, but these types of guys spent all sorts of money in court thinking, you know, well, I, I'm I gonna own this win, thing. Yeah. And then they end up losing the whole thing. You know, not only did they lose the domain, but they lost all the money. Yeah. Anyway, it was kind of an underground thing for quite a while. Um, even, you know, into the 2000s when I was buying domain names, you know, for the company I was working for, like, there was this secret, almost like a secret society mm -hmm. uh, at the time before domainers got any sort of press. They were just these random people all over the world. Gotcha. And they all had their own kind of idea on what the Internet was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so they all went about it in different ways. Some people had the same idea. Uh, overall, they kind of all had the same idea. But some people, for example, uh, just targeted, and you just touched on it earlier, like geographical stuff. Yeah. So one domainer might have gone and got LosAngeles.com, NewYork.com, Chicago.com. So that was their and thing. Endless. <laughs> right? That, so his thing was geography. Right. And then there was another person, you know, you know that went towards, you know, just like uh, – because they were in the real estate world. Mm -hmm. All they did is target all these real estate words. You know, uh, one guy that I know, he just went through the dictionary and, you know, and just went through, or no, the phone book. Yeah. Went through the phone book and the categories that were in the phone book is what he started registering. So good. And so 90s to mid 2000s, this was all underground. Mm -hmm. Like domaining the, like the society as a whole had still not yet really figured out that domaining was a thing. Mm -hmm. And all these people were doing it independently. And somewhere in there, uh, it ended up getting press. Domains are the new real estate. Yeah. And at that time, the light bulbs started going off in everybody's heads, right? And, th and they start logging in, and everybody starts seeing all the good domain names are gone. Right. Um, what they meant by that was all the single words. You can't oh. get chairs that come in. Yeah. So at that time, okay, sorry, I'm all aboard. So before we got press, the domainers themselves thought all the domains are gone. But yet new people kept coming up with different types of niches that other people, they weren't thinking about through that lens. Right. And then they would go and pick all these. Uh, they go into subcategories and all that kind of stuff and everything. Four-letter yeah. domains. Mm -hmm. They went and registered all four-letter domains, yeah. you know, because at some point domains are going to get out, and then yeah. you'd rather have some short four-letter. Yeah. And uh, so they thought it was dead, and then a couple other domainers, you know, kind of proved them wrong. It's yeah. not dead. Then the media got involved, spread the word, and then everybody thought, oh, now it's dead dead. Right. And then this is one name I'll uh, do a shout-out. Frank Schilling is probably one of the most prolific uh, domainers to this day. Um, he came out of nowhere, actually a real estate background, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, his thing was two and three word domains. Nobody had really got into that. Frank 
was no, like, like a goddamn a- animal. A- He's like a machine. Kind of yeah. He went out like rings.com was A-A-L-L.com one. Well, he got, you know, yeah. diamondengagementrings.com. And, you know, uh, chairs.com was gone, but yeah. he got, oh, and two, some of these I'm okay, making up, yeah, yeah, yeah. leatherofficechairs.com. Real specific. Real specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he quietly amassed, like, over, I don't know the count anymore, but at one time it was over, like, 700,000 domain names. Jeez. And... So it became really He's interesting. holding the internet hostage, it right? Became, uh, or websites. Yeah, not, yeah not, not, not so much. But um, it's really interesting. So, and I'll get to this point. Yeah. You know, with Jerky.com, uh, I had a business partner, and he was one of probably five to eight guys that were really known in the industry as the guys. Okay. Um, his thing was he had 2,000 domains, but they were very, very, very generic. Mm-hmm. You know, chairs.com, recipes.com, yeah. like very specific. Um, so, you know, Frank kind of ended up like amassing this collection of domains that, you know, in any measurable quantity and overall tra- uh, traffic, you know, because mm-hmm. each domain had natural type in traffic, you know, he ended up having a portfolio that was way bigger you know, in yeah. value and traffic right. and everything else than these, you know, these other guys who everybody thought would own the it. internet, yeah. you know, yeah. via deep domain names. So I guess my point to this long story is it's always interesting because it's in every industry, right? Like you yeah. think, oh, it's it's dead. You can't get anymore. And then all of a sudden someone else comes out and they're like, oh, we didn't even think of that. Yeah. And then now it's dead. Like a new word comes Frank out that's comes invented, along. right? Like a new it's dictionary never, never or meme or whatever it is comes out, yeah? And it says now it, it, That it's happens crazy, all the time, right? Like, I mean, people think, oh, well, all the good ideas are gone. And it's like... So anyway, I don't even yeah. know what the hell I was talking about. But domains is really, so, really so you, interesting. You work for this company, you get into domains. So, okay, that's right. So now I went through all that tangent. So I was procuring domain names for you know the categories we were going to go into... And I recognized, like these domainers, I was building a list of a spreadsheet of mm-hmm. all the domains we wanted. Yeah. So we had like 400 categories that we were constantly weighing whether we're going to go into right. in the next couple of years. Um, which, by the way, when I started, we had 60 websites. When I left there, we had almost 350 websites. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. And uh, so we're constantly looking for new opportunities. So... We've got hundreds of categories that we're weighing out, which equated to thousands of domain names that we wanted. And I had a spreadsheet of thousands of domains. And mm-hmm. I noticed that the same five to ten names were popping up over and over and over. Yeah. And these guys were like unicorns. Like, you know, they were mythical to a sense. You couldn't email them, you wouldn't get them. You couldn't call them, they wouldn't answer. You know, they had gone so far into privacy mode that it was almost impossible to contact anybody. Yeah. So, um, the company I was working for, the two founders had tickets to this exclusive domainers convention. Right. And it was like at some hotel in Hollywood, Florida, and it was like... Ten or twenty thousand dollars a head just to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, last minute, one of the founders couldn't go, so the other founder shows up and shows at my desk at like four p.m. Yeah. And she's like, "What are you doing tonight at five <laughs> thirty? And I said, like, "I had no plans. I was going to work till five. She's like, "Go home, pack, meet me at the airport." Yeah. So um, 
I was the only other one that really understood that side of the business, you know, so she's like, come with me to this thing. So we went to this thing and it was ridiculous. I mean, you know, we immediately pull up the thing. These domainers at the time, these domainers were making crazy money, crazy. And for the most part, and no offense to all my domain connects, but for the most part, they didn't do much, right? They just own the domains. Right. You log on, you buy it, and that's it. They had an agreement with Yahoo or Google. Yeah. Google would populate ads on their domains, gotcha. and then if there were a lot of people going to recipes.com instead of searching, revenue. they would go there and click, and every time they clicked so on good. something, you know, Google got a chunk, and yeah. then these guys would get a chunk. So some of these guys were making crazy money yeah. for doing nothing and right. zero overhead. That's yeah. that's the thing, right? It's one thing to make crazy money uh, when you've got a thousand employees, yeah. right, in a campus like Chesapeake. But I mean, these guys were literally just living in their house and just getting checked. It was just, crazy. So we pull up this hotel. These guys had their Lamborghinis sent in so that they could drive these things around while... I mean, it, <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, this was stupid yeah. stuff. So we, there was three Lamborghinis. We got pulled up. Yeah. You know, cab took us from the airport. We pulled up. Lamborghini, Lamborghini, Lamborghini. Whatever. And you're so, like, I have to tip the taxi driver? Yeah, really? exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, it yeah. was really interesting. So I go to the show. We end up meeting these unicorns mm-hmm. that, like... I, I can't stress it enough. Like these guys are mythical. Like yeah. they're untouchable. They're almost unseeable. You don't know who these people mm-hmm. are. So we met these guys. We had meetings with these guys. We started establishing relationships with these guys. One of them, uh, him and I hit it off really well. He's Oklahoma guy, mm-hmm. watermelon farmer, uh, and I come from a farm family. So him and I just like immediately like just started bantering. And uh, long story short, he. Uh, well, actually, in front of in front of my employer, yeah. he was offering me a job right in front of him. Like at first, you know, we're talking about domains, and he leans in. He's like, "We think Oklahoma, Doug." Like middle of this like yeah. conversation about nothing. Me, Oklahoma's cool. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, okay." And then you know, everybody kind of laughs. And then you know, uh, five or ten minutes later, he's like, "You ever thought about living in Oklahoma?" And then everybody kind of giggles a little yeah. bit, and my employer's laughing a little less than she was the first time. Because <laughs> she realizes what's going on. He does on. this about four or five times. Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, really funny the way, you know, right. he, he, he started that interaction. He ends up coming up. We invite him up to come to our place of business, and, you know, because we're, we're trying to build a relationship yeah. with the guy. Um, so he comes up to Omaha. We have a meeting. In the middle of the meeting, um, we take a break, go to the restroom. I show him where everything is. And uh, in the hallway, he's like, I'm being serious. You know, maybe we should, you know, yeah. keep talking. Um, so he gave me his business card said, let's keep in touch. So we did. And uh, eventually an opportunity presented itself. Uh, we talked for, you know, another six months or so. Um, and eventually he's just like, you know, I've got all the domains you need. Mm-hmm. Um I've got all the resources that you would need. Why don't you just come down here and build this with me? Yeah. Um, okay, that sounds good. So eventually, you know, we worked those details out, and uh, I said, let's go. So at the time, his office was in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, so he said, you got to come down here if you want to do it. So the plan was to pull all these domainers together and pool all of their 
resources, yeah. you know, uh, their domains and uh, raise enough capital to start this like e-commerce company. Yeah. Uh, we need a lot of resources. We need to do a lot of things. Um, we needed to build this, you know, huge platform, which was, I mean, at this time it was unheard of. Right. right? It like, would, was it, would it have been like an Amazon, but with a million like, yeah, webs, it's like, uh, webs, are, you, webs, are you familiar with Wayfair at all? No, I'm not. Okay. What is it? Um, so anyway, the back, comp- back to the story. <laughs> okay. It's a combination yeah. between what I was doing at net shops, which is gotcha. the company I worked okay. for at the time, which is now hay needle, which was then acquired by jet, which was then acquired by walmart.com. So now it's all rolled into one. one. Yeah. Hay needle was the, uh, competitor. Mm-hmm. So net shops and hay needle started at the same time, two different parts of the world, Boston, uh, doing the same thing, but they didn't know each other at the time. And eventually, they both got big enough where they knew gotcha. of each other's existence. And then it was this like race, uh, like Lime and Bird is, you know? Right. So then it was race for market share. Um, in the end, uh, Wayfair ended up being the, uh, I, I give this example. They ended up being the tortoise and the tortoise and the hare race. Mm-hmm. At first, Net Shops was out front sprinting. Um, slightly arrogant and uh, flaunting it. Uh, Wayfair just kind of sat in the past, in the back, and kind of just focused on building their foundation and their structure for scale. And eventually, right. their technique, you know, won out. So Wayfair is a monster now. Okay. So anyway, a combination between like Wayfair and Amazon, because right. you know, uh, yeah, that was that was the dream. So Scott says, you know, come on down to Wichita Falls and let's do this. All right. So I took a trip down and he's like, look, I don't know anything about this stuff. You know, I'm a watermelon farmer. Um, You know, I made some good decisions. Now I have all these uh, domain names. I know the true value is building these things out and building business on them. But quite frankly, I don't know anything about this. No clue where to begin. Take one of my domains build a business around it and show me how the model works. Gotcha. So I went through his portfolio and we looked at, saw jerky.com and said, that's it. Let's yeah. build a business around jerky.com and I will show you how this works from soup to nuts. Right. All right. So right then and then I hired there and then I hired uh, a buddy of mine from Omaha. I went to college with his name's Kenny. Uh, he wasn't doing anything at the time. I said, he's real good head on his shoulders. You want to come down with me and start this jerky thing? He's like, okay. So we just moved to Wichita Falls, and day one, you know, we just started building the website. Yeah. Making manufacturer relationships, you know, building the website, structuring it, setting it up for search engine optimization, all that stuff. Site went live, you know, and sure enough, it went live in like a couple, you know, hour or two. We had a first sale, and then it was just off to the races, you know. And when was this? This was uh, 2008. Okay, so you were just purely just out of, like, wait, you didn't have any, like, locations, like, physical, nope, like, stores nope, or whatever. Nope. This was just then the model there. was much like, you know, the Wayfair and the Hayneedle model yeah. was mostly drop ship. You know, it's like, let's build this thing. The model was find a category people are looking for uh, in numbers, yeah. a specific thing, but there's not a good selection at retail. Gotcha. So hammocks, for example, you go to Walmart, there's, there's four, yeah. you know, they only got, so if, I mean, if you're looking for hammocks, you want a better selection than you can get in town. So, yeah. um, 
You look it up, say, yep, there's X amount of hundreds of thousands of people looking for hammocks a month. Nobody is meeting that demand. We'll build a website around that yeah. if we can you know, get the manufacturer relationships, if we can supply what we think is the best selection. Um, so that was it. And then yeah. once you get that, that's the model. You duplicate it. It doesn't matter if it's jelly beans or blenders. Mm -hmm. The model is the it's, same. Yeah, it works. So that was the, the, that's kind of how you quantify the beginning of is this a – Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you came, like what was in the run – what was in like your top three – what were the other two? In, with the, you know, it was jerky.com. What were the other oh. two? Or was yeah, there like a few? I'm ambitious, so I was, you know, oh, we really need to get into chairs.com. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody needs it, a chair. In, in retrospect, I mean, that would have been a nightmare for a proof of concept. Right. For many reasons. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other, and those are the only two that come out. Okay. Those are the two that come out. And uh, jerky ended up winning because it just it made practical sense, right? Like, it's, how did it's you like easy. determine like what like was it significantly more numbers? Like, I know you have oh, all the criteria, yeah. but like, yeah, I it mean, was significant. If I can build chairs.com, I mean, you know, under that old <laughs> model, I mean, that's like no joke. That's a twenty million a year opportunity. Yeah, I mean, huge. But there's a lot of there's a lot of cost in it. You know, if I ship this chair and it breaks, yeah. you know, there's a lot of shipping, uh, shipping logistics. For, there's a lot of damage, you know. There's a lot of it's a whole. Other you might scale. have to have someone there deliver, put it together, that kind of thing as well. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Chairs is a better category to start niche. Right. So you would start with, you know, bean bags. You would start that with, money? yeah. Oh, well, maybe. It would start with. Uh, you're better off starting a you know beanbag chair, yeah. Com, right. Right. Office chair, or you know, all these little ones, and then roll into. Uh, uh, chairs.com but yeah anyway that was when i was i was chomping at the bit to get yeah. into but so like it's not like you've come from like a hunting background you love meat kind of thing it's more of like wow this was just like this pop and this made sense for the yeah. model and we ran like I said, with the, it the model it didn't matter it yeah. didn't matter if you had interest in the category at all it was just if there's people looking for backpacks yeah. and we can get backpacks.com and nobody's doing a good selection of it right. we're in that's you know, so, like that, so that was it. Cool. And yeah. then, and then we would just launch these things left and right. And, you know, over time, our model became fairly well polished where we could, you know, we had a pretty good idea on whether it was right. going to hit or miss. Uh, but some of them, you just don't know. We just took chances mm -hmm. on and see if it took off. And if it didn't, it didn't, we move on. But so it took off obviously within, like I said, you had your first sale and then, so yeah, and then it gets to like you know, obviously the business grows and grows and how are you, where are you sending? Like how did you just have like a flavors kind of products from all over? Like were they your, were they? So at the time it was pretty much all drop ship. Okay. So, um, you know, I just made a bunch of relationships with the manufacturers that I thought made the best overall selection. Gotcha. Again, the old model is, uh, there's a lot of people looking for jerky, but nobody's doing it well. Right. So if we could put this huge selection together, um, and then, yeah. you know, have it drop shipped then that's the model um so then that went well and then when did you decide to come to oklahoma and, and so jerky.com was a proof of concept it wasn't really like you know jerky.com needs to do a million dollars a year gotcha. i mean that wasn't it yeah it was prove 
A, show me how you take a domain name, build a business on it, and then make money. Yeah. If we can prove that works, then let's go to bat with all these other domainers who, you know, he's got an in with, all these unicorns. They all know each other. Right. It's a really tight-knit group. And he's like, if we can put this together, then let's go pitch it to these guys and make this business happen. So, uh, so BuiltJerky.com. It started getting sales. It started growing. There's our proof of concept. Gotcha. So then we kind of put jerky in the back seat, and it's let's work on this big idea. Okay. So then for the next couple of years, we started building, uh, you know, from scratch this very scalable e-commerce platform mm -hmm. that we could easily have. Uh, you know, thousands of suppliers with tens of thousands of products, yeah. um, and we could just launch websites like really easily because mm -hmm. um, then we would bring these guys in and between these guys that we were working with it was you know one and a half million domain names yeah so if you wanted chairs.com we had 30 other you know double keyword domain one, yeah. names that, that people were searching um so you went from so then like i said you shelved Kind of let yeah, it, let it run itself, right? Because right, yeah. it was kind of you know the idea was these things turned into passive income, right. kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but for the sake of the conversation, yeah, you just launch Jerky.com, and at some point it just runs itself. Got you. So orders come in, it goes to the suppliers, yeah. ship it to the customer, and then there's just some back end service stuff that needs done. Again, yeah. oversimplifying, but that's the basic idea. So then we shifted resources over and let's build this platform. Uh, let's get these guys on board, which, you know, eventually we basically had all these guys on board. Yeah. Um, but let's shift to building this platform and building a team around this e-commerce business. Mm -hmm. Well, we needed skill sets and people to do specific things that weren't easy to find in Wichita Falls. So we needed to recruit people, mm -hmm. you know, and when we were recruiting people, Nobody wanted to come to Wichita Falls. Nothing against Wichita Falls, people, if yeah. you guys listening. Uh, I love Wichita Falls. I always had a special place in my heart. But at the end of the day, it's in 2008, not a lot of people had true e-commerce experience. And yeah. the people that did, didn't want to be in Wichita Falls. So we yeah. had to uh, move to be in a better business climate. And uh, Scott, uh, my jerky.com partner at the time, he's from Oklahoma. So gotcha. Oklahoma City made a lot of sense. So let's go to Oklahoma City. Yeah. All right. That's what we did. So we moved to Oklahoma City, uh, continued to hire people and try to get people in place, keep building this platform, um, and uh, we were gearing up to kind of launch this whole new business with all these other investors. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, Scott and I um, parted ways. Uh, it, things weren't going to work out. Yeah. So uh, I said, you know, you take all of what we've been building. Um, I just want jerky.com. So I bought him out of jerky.com mm -hmm. and I decided, you know, I would rather own a hundred percent of this small opportunity right. uh, that I think is really fun and really enjoyable. And you really enjoy, right? You actually right. enjoy doing and it And no strings day. attached yeah. than to be a part of this really big thing, which don't get me wrong, was like my baby. I had been, I'd love to do that, uh, but it ended up having so many strings attached that it just was worth it. So yeah. we parted ways, and at that time, that was like 2012. 
uh, Jerky.com went to a complete rebrand. You know, now uh, we're going to do it the way I want to, not right. as a passive income Because thing. it is now your baby, not yeah, like... Yeah, and I always thought that it was one of those products that was better served as a brand right. than just a website that just, mm-hmm. you know, just was the middleman between stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so when I bought him out of it, then it went through this rebrand, and it's, uh, let's start... That's when you got, like, the stores and then started going into everything. Slowly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's, let's, re- let's manufacture right. our so own like, stuff. We know what people want. Yeah. You know, now we've had a few years of experience. Uh, we know what jerky customers are looking for. We know mm-hmm. what kind of product they want. Let's start manufacturing the product ourselves um, with this specific selection in mind. Um, and it was just off to the races. Yeah. Um, so that rebrand happened at that same time. I kind of got tricked into doing some of these like local events. So, you know, uh, Oklahoma City was going through this, you know, huge transformation, Midtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was right at the peak of all that. So there's all these local events, you know, where people are going to and selling stuff. Pop-up uh, shops. And pop-up shops. Thing, yeah. We're just starting to. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, you, you need to go do this. Uh, and, uh, you know, for months, yeah. I was like, right, you know, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. I sit behind a keyboard, you know, and I make some phone calls once in a while to our customers. Most of it's an email. Mm. This is way too easy. I don't want to go stand on hot Oklahoma asphalt in the middle of July yeah. peddling bags of dried meat. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually, you know, they kind of tricked me into it, and we did we did an event, and it was super fun. Like, not only uh, – it was the first time I had actually face-to-face – pitched my brand and my product to a customer yeah up until this point i mean I, at this point i've been doing it for i mean 10 years yeah all behind a keyboard this is the first time i'd actually met a customer no relationship was, just type and they away. were considering buying from us they were considering buying our product so that was an interesting interaction yeah. and it was it was fun we got a lot of good feedback they're like this is a great concept uh you're here in oklahoma i never thought um and it was really cool you know yeah. we met other vendors the whole thing was very social and you know there was a real sense of community there mm-hmm. and at the end of the day we made some money you know uh so i was like all right we're gonna do more of this kind of stuff it's fun um so that's when we came up with the idea of the jerky truck the first show i did i've got a prius that i just jam-packed full of product and a pop-up tent and a folding table I mean, it's just so, like, rinky-dink. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, it was so much work. It took me, like, three hours to, like, load everything up and then get to the show and then pull it all out and set it all up. And then at the end of a hot day, you know, 10 hours of meeting people, I got to pack it all back in. And then I get to the office and we got to unpack it again. Like, this has got to be a more efficient way to do yeah. this. So found these uh, uh, little jerky trucks because most of these shows you go to, they give you like a 10-foot booth. Right. So I'm like, well, let's find a vehicle that's 10-foot long. Yeah. Um, so I found these jerky vans. And then uh, my history in a Which pre- they're from like Japan, Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we literally import them from yeah. Japan. And it's now cool to your brand that you are known for having these super cool little... And I wish I could say I'm like that brand savvy that I just knew. <laughs> I had no clue, man. We just but built it on you convenience. Just like, yeah, you, you know? stumble upon it, right? And in a previous life, I used to do like really high-end total custom car stereo builds okay. where it literally rebuilt the whole inside of the vehicle. Yeah. So, you know, I know metalworking, I know woodworking, I know fiberglass work, so I'm like, we'll get these 10-foot trucks, we'll custom build a display where this thing just opens up, I can do all this, um, and then we'll just roll into a show, open up, five minutes for setup, yeah. five minutes for, and we're gone. Uh, 
yeah, and before I know it, you know, it kind of became a branded thing. So our customers started seeking us out. They're like, when's the next time you're going to have that truck out of show? Okay, we'll go there and buy more jerky. Okay. Yeah. And then after, you know, six months, eight months of that, people are like, you know, I'm tired of waiting for the next show. Can we just come into your store this week and buy? Right. Tell us where to. Oh, you go to the mall, right? I remember well, seeing the, the truck. Was the truck at the time, mall? At this time, uh, we're in a nondescript office warehouse. Okay. It's just nothing. It's yeah. just, you know, it, um, it's just us all day doing internet stuff, filling orders and customer yeah. service. That's it. So, you know, we don't have a store. I don't really want you to come into our office. It's, but after a while, it's like, you know, we kind of need to. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep telling these people no. Yeah. So at the time, uh, we've got this nondescript office warehouse. We've got this goofy little Japanese minivan that people know us for. We're like, you know, we've got $100,000 in inventory in this nondescript office warehouse. Why don't we just find a cool location that we hang out at anyway? Um, We'll just build uh, a nice-looking storefront that is really just our warehouse. Because, you know, we pick orders from there, pick and then go back and pack it, ship it. So we'll just build a store. If nobody comes in, no big deal. We're there anyway. We got the inventory anyway. The Mm. only difference we're out is the difference in rent. Yeah. You know, that's really it. So that's where the Hudson store came from. So it's like, all right, we'll just build. Which is such a cool building. Which is a cool building, right? Uh, uh, And that took a lot of legwork to get, by the way. I'm sure Uh, it did. Like, now that area, that location that you have, like, to what Midtown is now and what it's going to be in 10 years, like, it's... Because the, the, the bills wasn't Gold for dust. sale, it wasn't yeah. for rent. The owner lives in Canada, so I mean, it took us a it took us a little bit to track yeah. that down and make it happen. And then we had to convince this guy, who you know at the time, he owns. And I I don't think anybody in Oklahoma City really knows some of the buildings around Midtown. It's yeah. funny because we take a lot of stuff for granted. We drive by stuff all the time, don't know what it is. Yeah. For example, did did you know? And you might because you're more plugged in. Uh, the building across the street from us, you know, uh, do you know there's a building across the street from us? The Where they put that little sand thing in, maybe? So one, Like right across the street? So that's right across the street from what's now Barrios. Gotcha. And then south of there, uh, there's a block. It's like a warehouse and then you have Elemental, right? Oh, that's right. Okay. That warehouse is, isn't a warehouse. It, it's, it was a halfway house. No so, um, and see, people don't know this. No, like, I have no uh, idea. So... It's the block between 8th Street and 9th Street mm-hmm. on the west side of Hudson. There's just one big building. And then north of that is grass. North right? of that is grass. Yeah. And then west of that building um, was, and I'm probably going to get corrected on social media oh, and all that stuff, but it's what we equal to like a warden's house. Okay. And then there's. Is uh, that some, the blue one that's there? Is that like a no, blue No, no, that's, uh, that's on the, the other north. side. Okay. So this is yeah. all on the block of that one building that you call the right. warehouse. Yeah. So just go directly west of that. There's like the warden's house, and I'm putting air quotes yeah. around for the uh, people in the podcast. The warden's house in air quotes. And then there's like, uh, like an apartment building. Gotcha. And then directly south across the street was another apartment building. Well, those were like halfway houses of some sort. Okay. Again, I'm going to get corrected on the uh, yeah. social media. Um, I think it was like drug-related crimes or people that had uh, uh, drug-related uh, dependencies. Mm-hmm. Something where they had to stay there. Um, and then that building across the street from us was where they ate and where they had classes. So it's kind of funny, you know, like I said, there's so many people in Midtown that basically live there but never know right. that's what this is. 
Um, same thing. My landlord, I don't own that building. I rent it. Mm-hmm. My landlord owns the building behind us. It's on the Harvey side. Yeah. It's a commercial... Uh, Would it be right next to or south of uh, pizza? What's it called? Hold Pizza. Yeah, Just so south across of the street Got you. and on the Harvey side. Huge building, runs that whole block between 8th and 9th on yeah. Harvey. Um, it's a commercial laundry facility. Um, he owned... This is a long story for a small detail, uh, but this is Oklahoma. It's worth it. It's uh, a podcast. People are probably driving somewhere, driving to work, now stuck in traffic. It's fine. Or walking the dog. So he owns this like whole laundry business where they were the first one. Uh, they do like uh, institutional laundry. Gotcha. So they go to hospitals and pick up a trailer full of dirty linens. Yeah. Bed sheets, you know, the gowns, they take all that and then so they drop off a new one and then every day they pick up the old one, drop drop off off a new one every day. And they do this in like New Mexico, they do all around. So he bought that facility specifically for the laundry facility and it now gives him access to Texas, New Mexico, and Oklahoma. When he bought that building, he bought that whole block came with it. So where Tamashi is, uh-huh. where we are, the only thing on that whole city block that he didn't buy in that acquisition is the parking lot on the northwest corner. Gotcha. So that's Barrios. Barrios yeah. owns that parking yeah. lot. Other than that, he owns the whole thing. So long story about where we got that building he bought the the commercial uh, laundry facility just for that, mm-hmm. and uh, in no disrespect to Randy, my landlord, for all intents and purposes, he didn't care so much about right. the rest I mean, of the Right, I mean, why would you, right? He's not, not his focus. So it was quite a challenge. We're like, that building's super cool. So it was quite a challenge to not only get in contact with him, but then convince this guy mm-hmm. who... You know, doesn't for all intents and purposes, yeah, yeah. doesn't need it. You know, the, this is a thing he needs to do, and not only do it, but he needs to put a lot of money into these buildings to rent <laughs> them. So that was quite a feat in itself, right. just to get there. Um, that's crazy. But anyway, that's how the store came. Yeah. So it's like let's just build a store because it is like a warehouse, right? You have the shutter doors on it. You roll them up, and it's a nice day. Like it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nice looking storefront. Like with people, but it was designed to be you know basically a, a warehouse or kind of yeah. thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's how the store came about. Wow. Um, so the majority of your business is obviously still online. Yeah, so the majority of yeah. our business is still online. And ship all around the world? Yeah, uh, mostly the United States. How far can you ship jerky? Um, most of it is a customs issue. Okay. Um, so the shipping cost and the shipping liability, uh, because there are some liabilities with shipping jerky you Food. never know how it's going to go through customs okay so sometimes it's just not you know, worth they it. get confiscated so yeah and and uh when it costs 30 dollars or 40 dollars to ship jerky there More than you when you lose for. a couple yeah. it really hurts so uh we haven't yet cracked the international shipping and maybe one of your listeners can come be uh, <laughs> yeah. the silver bullet for yeah. us but uh, we're due the United States we do Canada that we, we're, we started last year mm-hmm. um, and military addresses which is through the US Postal Service but cool that's where we're at right now yeah super interesting like to come from like like I said come from a web background to having this domain to thinking oh let's just try this idea to where we are now, right? You have two locations. Is it more than two or just two? You have one so in we've Chisholm got, Creek, uh, right? Yeah, so we have two stores mm-hmm. 
we have a truck inside of Pensacola Mall. Yeah. And then we have a truck in the Grapevine Mall in Texas, cool. Dallas area. Yeah. Um, that's where we're at. Right and you have a couple of trucks just sat right next to the we way, way warehouse. Too many trucks. I mean, someone <laughs> asked me at Christmas. I don't even know. I think we've got like ten of those trucks and various well, phases. Well, the thing is, like, in Japan, they're everywhere, so they're it's, like, everywhere. not a problem to just yeah. find one, right? It's yeah. just getting that's it here. that's not the problem. The problem right? is getting them here. Yeah, I mean, going you'll, through you'll, you'll pay three or four times more in shipping fees and importing costs yeah. than you will actually buying the Buying the trucks are dirt cheap. Yeah. Getting here is the expensive part. Yeah. Um, you probably fit three in a container. Seven. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, because you piggyback them. Gotcha. Uh, the, the, the sides of the bed and the back all fold down, turn into a flat bed. So you park one, then you park the next one on on the bed, yeah. and, then, and then you just stack them, and oh, you get seven so of them good. in a 40-foot container. So it makes a sense to just buy seven at a time. Yeah. That's yeah. just the best thing ever. It's Yeah, yeah. That's and they're, so they're cool. fun little trucks. Yeah, but, little, uh, like... Um, I love cars and love stuff like that. And there's a video on Top Gear. I'm sure you've seen it. If you've not, I definitely need to go watch it. It's of Richard Hammond when he was still doing Top Gear. And he, and he goes into a corner in one and he tries to do like a what they call the Scandinavian flick, which is like <laughs> if you're going into a right-hand bend, you turn left and then you turn right to try and get the back end to slide out. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He just flips the whole thing. And like he's in it and it's just like crash. If you, That's you, not something you want to roll in. No, it's not because it's, it's just a tin can, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, for those of you listening who have not seen that video, definitely uh, YouTube it. Yeah, Richard Hammond crashing some Japanese band. I don't uh, know what it's yeah, called. But, have to. Put um, a link in the... I'll definitely got a link yeah, in because yeah. it's hilarious. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like you get to this point now and, you know, what what is the goal? What's the future? What was what, the plan? Where, where, what's the five, ten-year plan from here? Oh, the internet's not going anywhere. Is there's it? some serious stuff there. Um, so the last couple of years, I've been working on um, a couple of bigger picture product projects. Like um, we would like to officially roll out as a franchise um, in the near future. Mm-hmm. That's a big project that I've been doing. It's expensive. It takes a lot of time. It's a full-time job to do. Um, We've been at the tail end of it now for you know six eight months, um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of coming down the road. Um, uh, is J- does, does the jerky just kind of like I said run itself now? Is it to that point where you just no, need like, people to man the man the locations, yeah. and then you have people in the warehouse to ship orders? Is that kind of what the operation is now? Yeah, operationally, yeah. I mean that, yeah, we've got the operation down pretty good, and it's really we've got it really pretty efficient. Okay. Um, I mean, we can do a lot with a handful of people, um, which I'm really proud of, by yeah. the way, the whole team that we have uh, in the, all the process we've done. Like, we've got, we're doing a lot of things right, but um, um, really trying to shift focus now that we have the stores on really building local presence, mm-hmm. um, because that's something, admittedly, I haven't been good at. Right. I'm very... Uh, uh, innately, I'm introspective. Well, yeah, when your business is all online, right? It's point you don't see much value in doing kind of like what I've done with the Instagram pages, kind of just like going every day, spending a few hours a day on it to reply to comments and be in the local community, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that definitely, I'm sure you've seen shows on your Instagram, right? Because I think, what is it, like 2,000 followers roughly, I think? Yeah. Well, so- it's not a focus. It doesn't matter to you, right? It doesn't generate business. But like I said, if you do have the time now to dive into that, it like that's, said, that's make a it. Huge that's impact. it. I mean, I, I, uh, we really want to re-shift focus a little bit um, on a couple of things because I, I feel like we've uh, 
sometimes got too tunnel vision mm -hmm. in in bigger pro picture projects. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've built the stores, but we haven't done enough to really build a local presence. Right. Um, so that's something we really, really are going to focus on in the future. You know, again, I'm kind of introverted, mm -hmm. you know, and introspective. So like, it's easy for me to just sit and focus on all these other things that I have. Right. Um, but uh, uh, you don't have it to doesn't come as natural to me. Yeah. Like Caleb, shout yeah. out to Caleb at Blue Seven and all Blue Seven. Shout out to those mm -hmm. guys. Like you know, I mean, he's really good at that kind of stuff. You know, I'm I'm not as good at that kind of stuff as right. he is. So I've got to try harder than Caleb does to kind yeah. of build that thing. So uh, that's something we, we really want to do is really really focus on mm -hmm. you know the um, kind of local engagement, getting involved with absolutely. teachers or whatever the organizations that you want to get involved with. Yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a big thing for us. And, it pays and not off just business-wise. It pays wise. off in the long run, doesn't it? And, and not just business-wise. I mean, I don't want to, you know, yeah. like, it genuinely is more enjoyable. I mean, we love the city. I mean, we spend all day, every day mm -hmm. at all these places, you know, Hall's Pizza and Tamashi, yeah. you know, uh, Coffee Sling. I mean, we, I mean, we literally eat sleep and breathe everything around us but we don't engage enough with it you know and, yeah. uh we want to you know yeah. so that's gonna be that that that's that's a big thing um i would like to uh five year uh have a strong foundation um you know for the franchising stuff right that's a that's a big thing That'd be really we've got cool. some ideas on scaling long term mm -hmm. um those are things I'm really excited about are some of these yeah. projects. Because jerky's not going anywhere. Like, jerky's not going he, anywhere. It's been around forever. And, like, I so talk about not going anywhere. I never really had it in the U.K. till I came here. I mean, I saw, like, packets of it. And yeah. It's not really – obviously, it is kind of expensive. And I'm just like, oh, I don't really care. I'd rather have some candy instead. Um, and then when I came out to the States and I had friends who'd gone hunting and bring me stuff and they'd had it done, I was like, this stuff is so freaking good. Like, it's <laughs> right? the best snack ever. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm biased. Well, you know, but, where uh, can I get more? And then you come to a place like yours and you have uh, over 100 flavors and you're like, okay, hang on a second. I need more than 10 minutes. I can't just <laughs> pop in and grab, you know, like I need to, you know, strategically go through this. Right, right. Yeah. What's some of the best flavors that you, like, personally for you? Um... I mean, we've got a bunch. Like, I'm sure you got like it, best so salads and stuff like that. But like, I'm gonna sound like the guy at the restaurant. You're like, what's good on the menu? Everything's good <laughs> on the menu. But like, uh, I mean, you know, our best seller, quite honestly, is our just original, just the normal. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. we have a really good original beef jerky. Um, but I mean, you know, we've got some harder to find flavors. You know, yeah. we've got a blackened Cajun beef jerky that is killer. We have a couple flavors of bacon jerky that is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, um, and then a lot of the exotic stuff. I mean, buffalo. Buffalo's killer. Do you try like where do you, where do you source a lot of it? Like we do as much stuff? of it domestically as we can. Okay. Um, you know, and we haven't drilled it down necessarily to local. Right. I mean, some of our products it gets so supply chain can get complicated mm -hmm. um, because we never know how something's going to go. We did uh, we did alpaca a couple years back to the point that our supplier for alpaca had locked up something like 80 some percent oh, of the alpaca farms in the United States because yeah. we had you know we had one large customer uh, who literally wanted more than the market could supply yeah you know most of these 
alpaca farms, they only have, and I'm going to get corrected on social media on this too, but they, they only have like five to 15 that they can uh, use a year. Yeah. You know, the life cycle and like how, how long it takes to get them to a point that, you know, they can do anything yeah. with. And then, you know, just the size of these independent farms, like, you know, we would buy, we would buy all yeah. of this farm's supply this year, yeah. all of that one, all that one, all that, just for this one customer. Yeah, it's just not worth And it. so it gets really tricky, yeah. you know, and and, uh, uh, and we've learned this lesson, you know, there's a lot of products we would like to make, but, like, you know, if unless we can do it in any sort of scale reliably, yeah. sometimes we can piss off more people. Well, they've got to make sense, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And there's so many flavors out there and so many, like, combinations of flavors now that, like, a hundred is, like, a huge amount for a selection if someone's going to come in. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really not, isn't it? But obviously, right. it's the hundred that makes sense for you to make money and to get in and makes it easy to sell. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. CNN and everybody has different tastes, you know. So most of our customers don't care, right? Jerky's jerky. It yeah. doesn't matter. But some people have specific requirements or requests, like they want easier to chew jerky, yeah. you know. And then some people on the other end of the spectrum, they want tough jerky. You know, they really want to know. all day, right. So we, you know, we have three different lines. You know, our jerky.com is kind of our middle-of-the-road texturized, but then we got the Oklahoma Jerky Company, which is the tougher, traditional kind of jerky. And then we got the Bricktown Jerky Company, yeah. which is, uh, you know, the easier-to-chew stuff. So we try to have a good... If you come in and say, all I want is the easier-to-chew yeah. stuff, we want to have a good selection for you to choose yeah. from. So um, that's why the hundred... Yeah. You get to a hundred... It's fast super using our mouth. <laughs> yeah. Does it ever like do you ever get bored of eating beef jerky? No. No. I mean I don't uh I mean again I sound biased, but I mean it's one of those things like you can't ever get sick of, right? right. I mean it, I don't eat that much of it. I mean yeah. it is nice once in a while if we can't get out for lunch, like there's a bag right there, you know, and it's it's yeah. easy. And it's better than, you know, run into junk food or whatever yeah. my guys do but the reason i asked i was like, i i my first ever job was working at pizza hut uh, uh back in wales uh yeah. loading the dishwasher easiest job i ever had and i obviously <laughs> had pizza every day and it sucked because by the end of the day i'm like i can't look at pizza like you know that anymore now it's different when you come out here and you have great pizza but when you're looking at the same pizza oh, it's and, and that's one of those things though that like at the end of the day it's the crust and the yeah Right? Like, so it doesn't matter how you mix up the toppings. After a while, I'm just sick of Pizza Hut Maybe, crust, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but jerky's really not like that, I don't think. I mean, I don't think I've ever met someone that's like, eh, I'm just sick of jerky. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I don't consume it as much as you think. Mm -hmm. Usually just samples. You know, that's the most, I do a lot of that kind of What's stuff. What's some of the kind of like the best samples you've had recently that, like you said, they don't make sense to sell, but they're in such a small quantity that you're like, oh, like that's one of, like I have to have that for myself. Like, um, I'm a big, we, we used to do ostrich, yeah. and then there was like a worldwide shortage on ostrich, <laughs> and then all the ostrich farms, the independent ones closed down, and then there was only one. Long story short, there is complicated supply yeah. chain issues with it. Uh, it was awesome. That was probably the best thing we ever had, but supply kills it. Yeah. You know, we can't meet it. Um, we've played around with emu, which, so, and this is, uh, this is getting in the weeds, edit this stuff out, but <laughs> no, ostrich and emu is really interesting because it's red meat poultry. Okay. So it's kind of 
the best of both worlds. Like if you know if you if right. you don't like red meat for you know uh, wh- whatever reason, yeah, um, it, it it's really like the best of both worlds. So if you ever get a chance, like uh, what's the place in Dallas? Oh, Twisted Root. There's a burger place. Okay, uh, Twisted Root. They do like you know you can get ostrich burger, you can get venison burger, and stuff. So Wait if you ever it. get the chance to get ostrich in any form, yeah. Get, in fact, it's one of the best burgers we ever had. Uh, because we were making the stuff, I would get a bunch of ground meat too, yeah. and we grilled up ostrich burgers. It is so good. Ostrich so, and so go back to you make a lot of everything you have is what you make it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and everything so, is produced and everything. Okay. Yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, they, uh, so I'm telling you, circle I'm telling from you, the full circle get, from the drop shipping. Yeah, start yeah, when yeah. Now, it's no like, more of that at got all. You. Um, but yeah, if, if you ever get ostrich or emu, do it. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's so freaking cool. And we're always trying like new flavors. I mean, I, I we're, we're we're done adding flavors. I mean, yeah. I, I think for the most part we've filled all the merchandising holes. You know, the way it's grown is over time. You know, customers would come in and they'd say, you know, you should have a garlic jerky if yeah. we didn't have it at the time. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we kind of mental note. And then mm-hmm. after a while, another customer's like, you have any garlic? So over time. We're like, all right, we need a garlic jerky. So that's how our selection has grown. It's strictly off a customer's asking. You know, there's there's a few that we know we just need to have. You know, the uh, sriracha was a big thing. People weren't demanding it, but we knew that that was a thing that resonated. So, you know, that's where we came up with some sriracha stuff. But... But I think we're to the point now where we've got all those holes plugged. You know, we don't have customers asking for much that we don't have anymore. So yeah. now we're just kind of constantly refined. You know, every year or so we'll kind of take our least performers and then, you know, let's find something to mm-hmm. replace those with. And that's how we kind of keep it fresh, you know. Yeah. Is there any, like, misconceptions about jerky that people assume so certain things? Yeah. So many. Yeah, what's, like, like one of the, what's, like, one of the ones that really drives you nuts? Well... It doesn't so much drive me nuts, but it's a challenge in the jerky world. So um, jerky's a funny thing. So traditionally, it's been a convenience purchase, right? Like a lot of people don't wake up in the morning and like, right. yeah. I need to go get some jerky. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you're like hungry. Travel or whatever and then it is. Yeah. It just, it's where you are. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I wasn't thinking that. But yeah, that's better than what I was thinking. I'll grab it. Yeah. Gas station, checkout kind of grocery store. Um, but what is, is there's almost this like, uh, like heritage where if you grew up in, again, I guess you're a little different than most Americans (laughs) and probably most Oklahomans, you know, in Oklahoma or I'm from Nebraska, you know, you grew up kind of on one particular brand of jerky. So, and you know how you grow up thinking the way you grow up is the way everybody grows oh, up. Of course, yeah. Same thing with jerky. If you grew up and your dad gave you this kind of jerky, whatever style that is, yeah. you think that's jerky. I think it's the one in the UK is like the Jacks. Is it Jack something? Maybe Jack Links. Jack, that's the one that's in the UK. So, if you're if you've grown up on Jack Links, you think in uh, we gotta, I, I gotta change it because I don't want to shout out my competitor, but because uh, they're actually the monster in the category. Of course they are. But if you grew up on one particular kind, that's it. You think that's what jerky is. Yeah. And so, for example, say it was the real tough to chew jerky, yeah. and then you come into jerky.com and you buy our easier to chew jerky, 
without really understanding there's different types of jerky. Right. You buy our easy to chew jerky, the Bricktown jerky, and then you leave and you're like, oh, this jerky sucks yeah. because it's not what you well, grew up yeah, on. Used to, yeah. So then not only do you think this Bricktown jerky sucks, but you think jerky.com sucks. Uh, okay. So, you know, that's part of our challenge and it's even more challenging online when you walk into the store i can have that conversation right, you can like, ask you what do you what like do you like these two? Like. and right. then, then i can get you towards something that you yeah. like but you know when there's what we call unsupervised thinking online and you just buy something if we can't properly is there a way of doing that online like yeah but it gets real and, tricky because right. you know well, like the time you, it takes but someone, yeah, someone doesn't I mean, want to take the time people do don't they? want to come and then watch a tutorial yeah. or you know so you know we're, we're getting better at it and mm-hmm. we're constantly striving to do it but that's the biggest thing so like people think when they think of jerky they'll either think hard to chew yeah or they'll think easy to chew because that's what they grew up on or some people think meat sticks right you know they think that's what jerky is so it's like uh meeting the expectation of that customer is challenging because that requires us to find out what their expectation is before the sale so that we can get them in them yeah so that's 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 one one of the challenging things of jerky that a lot of other industries don't have yeah is there like a best and a worst part about the business um you know the, the worst part is i mean just the unknowns i'll tell you like so all the meat and this this is another challenge about mm-hmm. jerky than everything else is all of our jerky's made in a usda regulated facility yeah. you know and uh it doesn't get any tougher regulated than that you know right. a lot of restaurants around here they don't have that level. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have cleanliness standards. And they right. Have they have a level, stuff. but it is but not to the extent of what you guys have to A USDA inspected facility, you literally hire a USDA inspector yeah. to be there on staff. So you're paying the guy, but he's not your employee. So he's like paying there. A, paying and a he, prison warden to look after your friend who's in prison. Man. You know, and I love the USDA. It's Let me make exactly. sure that everybody right. who hears this knows yeah. how much I love the right. USDA. But the fact is, is you, we can do a certain labeling thing the same way for five years. Yeah. No problem. And then all of a sudden, one day, throw all that away. You can't use that. Stop production. Recall. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a little exaggerating. But it could happen. But it happens. Yeah. And it's like drop of a hat. Like it's it's hundreds it's, of yeah, it's thousands like, of orders going out. And and, and, and sometimes it, it's it's up to the inspector. Yeah. I mean, one inspector will interpret it one way. You know, I liken it to this. Uh, you ever go fly out? Uh, uh, Will Rogers Airport, and they'll let you go through with this little thing of lotion or toothpaste. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go through a thousand airports, you get through. Then all of a sudden, you come through Atlanta, making this up, <laughs> but you go through Atlanta, and they're like, throw that away. And you're like, yeah. I've flown with this a thousand times. And they're like, I don't care what those other thousand airports, yeah. I'm saying throw it away. Yeah. You've got no choice. You can't say so it, it's like, it, 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 that's the frustrating shit. You know, like yeah. when it comes to regulatory stuff, yeah. is because. You know, it's you go talk to one person, they say do this, yeah. and then you do it, and then another person comes in and says you can't do that. Right. That that's 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 the, the worst part. That's kind of the worst part. What about best thing? The best part, I mean, I think we have a fun business, and again, I think we're I'm biased, but you know, I think uh, I'm fortunate that our customers are happy. Mm-hmm. Like they come in the store, 
and I don't know if it's because we did such a great job decorating the place and like designing, uh, or they come in with such low expectations of a jerky <laughs> store. But a lot of times people walk through the door, and one of the first things we hear is, "That's really cool in here." Yeah, you know, and uh, so the customers come in and they have a really fun experience, right? They've never right. seen a hundred kinds of jerky. Yeah. In one I came place. in the first time I came in. I came in with my dad. My dad was visiting from back home, and I said, you know, and he he actually took it home with him, so he <laughs> somehow managed to get it to the UK through a suitcase. Um, but like, yeah, he was blown away. He's, he's, I said, "What do you want?" He's like, "Shit, I don't know." I said, "Well, we got time, you know." Take your time. You know, and I, I can't remember who was behind the desk, but. You know, we we spent probably fifteen twenty minutes in there talking, going through it. Like you said, going through that relationship and building the expectation, right? Yeah. Finding out what you what my dad wanted, and ended up loving it, right? That's that that's the fun part, you yeah. know, is that the customers enjoy the product that we have. They enjoy, you know, the experience, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that that's yeah, that's good. Well, I couldn't imagine being in an industry where other customers are always pissed off or you know combative or whatever yeah. like we're yeah that's that's cool it takes a different person to, to deal with that right yeah like, i don't think i could be in like on, uh, on a phone call in the insurance business or oh, something I, like I, that I, right I like i'd just, just be fired <laughs> like i'm really sorry i can't do anything about it but i feel bad about it <laughs> my boss says i can't give you yeah. anything else yeah oh well doug it's been a pleasure this yeah, has been thanks. awesome yeah um, i enjoy know, it really thanks for taking the time to do this and to learn what's you know everything behind uh, jerky.com is a fascinating story it's completely different to any other story that I've ever shared so I hope our listeners really you know love this one and is there anything else you want to say close with tell people about the business or not how, really. how can I'm we not, reach I'm you not, I'm not much of a, a, a self marketer maybe that's my flaw but uh, uh, no uh, glad to be here glad to be in Oklahoma Oklahoma City um, I don't know I mean stop in anybody has you know we, we want to be more social with other yeah. people and other businesses around so uh keep us in mind i mean you know if there's ever anything we can do mm-hmm. love to participate in things so awesome and stores stores in one store in midtown one in chisholm creek midtown one in chisholm creek uh next to uh, right in between cabela's and top golf and then we got our truck in the mall so yeah. and of course www.jerky.com jerky.com um but yeah Holler at us, shoot us, follow us, Instagram at jerkycom. Uh, But yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Dave. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.